Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy. And once again, we are here in Indianapolis for the 2023 National Scouting Combine. Day one of drills. They're done. They are over with. The front seven, we, they worked out on Thursday afternoon into the early evening. And Ella and I, Gabriella DiGiovanni and I, are here to break it down. We're going to hear from Dane Brugler as well. We'll start off with Dane in pick six. Six players that stood out to Dane from an athletic testing portion from Thursday's workout. After that, in draft buzz, Ella and I are going to go through all three of these groups. The defensive tackles, the edge rushers, the linebackers, the big takeaways from the position workout. Who were the, really, the, the impressive players as they went through bag drills? and coverage drills, moving in reverse, going through the bags, uh, you know, enacting some of these football drills, some of these practice drills uh, to really get a sense of their athleticism. We're going to go through that in Draft Buzz. And then in Mr. Relevant, to wrap up the show, a really fun conversation with Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network going through uh, some of the metrics that she looks at when projecting defensive linemen from college to the NFL, getting into her mock draft process. It's a really unique look at that for her. So it's a really fun conversation. We talked for like 10 minutes. I wish we could have talked for three hours. It was a really fun conversation conversation. Make sure you stick through uh, to the end of the episode for that chat with Cynthia. That said, let's get right into it. It's time now for Pick 6 with Dane Brugler. Now it's time for Pick 6. All right, joining me now here for uh, Pick 6, my friend Dane Brugler from The Athletic, uh, taking in all the drills from night one at the Combine. And Dane, uh, you have the difficult task of highlighting the six most impressive athletic workouts, and there are a bunch to choose from. Uh, I have no idea where you're going with here for number one, but it's going to be a good one. Yeah, we had so many guys that just were so impressive. Uh, this is the defensive tackles, the edge rushers, uh, and then the linebackers. And there's a lot of different ways we could start here, but I think we have to start with Northwestern defensive lineman, uh, Tommy Adebarie, who... I've, I don't think I've been coming to the combine for a dozen years now. Um, or I think it's 11. Uh, I've never seen or heard of a 280 plus defensive lineman or just 280 plus human football player running a sub four, five, 40 yard dash. And that's exactly what he did running an official four, four, nine in the 40 yard dash at 282 pounds. Um, and it wasn't just that it was a 10, five broad 37 and a half inch vert. I, I I mean, it's just an unbelievable time. I mean, we, in, in my combine preview, I went position by position and uh, Adabaria is the, the guy that I highlighted for defensive tackle because I knew he was going to test well. Yep. Um, you know, his track background is, I mean, he's a ch- state champion track. Like, you knew he was explosive, um, freaks list guy, all that. I don't, no one saw a sub four, five, uh, 40 yard dash. That That is an unreal number and, now, what do you do with it? That's the thing is because uh, I, I think that I don't know how you felt, but especially after watching him at the senior bowl, I thought, OK, this is a three technique. You get him inside, let him use yep. that natural leverage, let him get, uh, you know, get going downhill and he'll just bully guys and, you know, those quick wins. But maybe you put him on the outside. So you give him a little bit of a track a so he yep. can use that speed and get going. So. I, you know, this, this, uh, a, a number like that really, you know, kind of complicates things a little bit more. You said 280, right? You were looking for? He was 282. So, yeah. Yep. So, uh, Daniel Jeremiah put out, um, some numbers, I'm assuming from NFL research. Um, Adabare is the fastest 40 by any player that weighed 270. So, not even 280, like give another 10 pounds, um, since at least 2003. So, we're talking the last 20 years. Um, Two, uh, Trayvon Walker was 272 last year yep. and ran 451. He's 10 pounds heavier and ran two tenths faster in the 40. Uh, Rashawn Gary in 2019 was 277, so five pounds lighter. He ran 458. So we're talking like almost a full like tenth of a second. Like it's just unbelievable numbers from Adabare. And I'm going to be honest, like watching it, uh, watching it live, like I knew it was fast. Uh, when you're watching mm-hmm. in the stadium, you don't get those live like updates of the numbers. And uh, so I was like, okay, like I know this was fast. Um, you didn't necessarily see him go through like the rest of the workout. Uh, so I was walking out and like just going through Twitter and going through social media and seeing that was blown away by those numbers. And it's, uh, as you mentioned, just, I mean, jaw dropping and you, you kind of have to figure out like, what are you going to do with this kid moving forward? Because uh, the tools are outstanding. The, the tape says one thing and then, yeah, the, the traits uh, say a completely different thing. And so yep. 
where you know it, it it uh you have to figure out not only the evaluation part but also the projection in terms of where you're going to draft him uh you know what's his value now is he are we talking about a top 50 pick here uh i mean i don't it's it's i'm eager to you know talk to some people uh in the within the league to get a better sense of where exactly a guy like this is going to be drafted i mean he made my top 100 so yep. it's not like we're talking about a you know, a day or a fifth round pick here. He made my top 100 a couple of weeks ago uh, coming out of the senior bowl. Uh, but now, I mean, we're talking about a guy that is going to be you know, moving up and up and up with these types of numbers. All right, let's go to uh, your next one here because it's another defensive tackle um, that also uh, ripped up the track. He did not participate in the rest of drills, but uh, Kalijah Kansi from Pitt, another one we got to talk about here. Have to. Uh, I mean, if you're going to go out there and run the fastest 40 uh, yard dash, for unless if we're considering Adabare a defensive end, right? Technically, the before, other than Adabare, right. right? And they're 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 almost the same weight, right? Or how uh, how how much was Kansi? So Kansi came in at two eighty one. Um, okay, so yeah, he's actually less, but <laughs> technically a defensive tackle because of just where they uh, with what they ran or or the groups that they ran with. But Kansi ran a four six seven. Um, you know, just the the best forty yard dash um, coming into this year for any defensive tackle. It it was Aaron Donald at four yeah. six nine, I believe. So um, you know those those undersized pit defensive tackles at the top of the list. Uh, one six four ten yard. It's just it's an outstanding number. Um, not only that, but I mean the other number that was really interesting was uh, he, he had what thirty and five eighths inch arms. That's yep. that's that's a whoa number. I mean, so it's a very short number. Yes, two two wow numbers here in the forty yard dash in a good way, and then the arm length in a in a not so good way. And so uh, again, a, a talented player who's got good tape. But, you know, two conflicting numbers here that, you know, each evaluator might uh, digest differently. Yeah, this class is going to be so fascinating, not even like just with this group, but we're going to talk about this all the rest of the week. Like with some of these numbers, some of these measurables, there are going to be a mm-hmm. number of outliers in this class that you're going to have to kind of bet on. Because in this class, like, you know, we've talked about, it, especially when you get outside that top four until you get to like the middle of round one. So like that chunk there from like, you know, seven, you know, five through like 17, we'll say like that and that chunk, that meat of the first round there's going to be a lot of variance in how people view these players. And uh, there's going to be a lot of out, uh, again, a lot of outliers that get drafted, get taken in that part of the draft that people are going to be betting on. No question. And, and look, I know this is an Eagles podcast, but I, uh, I was talking to Will McClay earlier today and the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys uh, VP of scouting. Yeah. De facto GM basically. Exactly. Uh, yep. So, and I asked him about outliers cause I, this is a, as a class with a lot of outliers, you know, not just Bryce young and, Peter Skaronsky with the arm length, but the guys we're talking about now and asked them like, how do you, how, how do you handle that when, you know, you, you play the percentages uh, of, of, you know, what you're looking for thresholds and all that. But sometimes guys just have good tape. How, how do you, how do you reconcile that? And, you know, he, he basically said how, you know, you, you, you have to trust, you know, every team's different, but you have to trust the numbers that you're looking for at certain positions. You have certain thresholds, whether it's arm length or production or whatever, but at the end of the day, you have to find good football players and everyone's going to you know, look at that a little bit differently. They're going to some some teams are going to uh, be able to, uh, you know, maybe lean back a little bit and say, you know what, we'll, we'll we will trust the tape on a guy like this where another team might not. So it, it's really like you said at, uh, at the start, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting when you do have a lot of. Uh, players that blend different positions and they have maybe conflicting areas of their, of their game. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, let's get to uh, number three. So I'm going to, we got to go with Nolan Smith um, who just awesome. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he's won the combine (laughs) so far. Uh, The interview process was, I mean, he was, he just makes everybody in the room smile. He lights up the room when he's in there. Um, and at the podium, I mean, he there were tears, there were laughs, there were. I mean, it's it, just a really fun guy. Um, and you know, talking to David Pollock uh, with ESPN about him, uh, David's mentored him for a while now, and he just raves about him as a human. Um, and today we got a, he got a chance to really show off his athleticism. And oh my goodness, four three nine, um, wild in the forty yard dash. One five two, 
in a 10-yard split. A 1-5-2 is unreal. And look, I, I understand that guys like Nick Bosa and uh, TJ Watt and, you know, more traditional edge rushers are a little heavier. Uh, you know, we're talking 15, 20 pounds heavier. But 1-5-2 is like by far the best if you're going to take the top 10 pass rushers in the NFL it's it's that's by far the best um of that group and Michael Parsons was I believe uh 159 and uh with uh, Nolan Smith he was 152 so I mean just an unreal number 41 and a half inch for 10 8 in the broad um so uh, it's he again a guy that doesn't have maybe the elite size um, the production is very average. Um, so you know, those things don't match up, but the pure athleticism, it shows on tape and he was able to show it today. Uh, can I share a st- another stat that was, uh, shared by, um, uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL network. This is, dude, this is awesome. So, uh, looking at this was the second fastest 40 yard time from a defensive lineman at the combine since 2003. So a 20 year sample. Um, the only one that was faster was Amari Barno from Virginia tech last year. He went four, three, six, Nolan Smith, four, three, nine. But when you look at like the weight of these players, okay. Um, Nolan Smith, well, let's real quickly, let's set the table. So the, the, if you look at it from this scope, the heaviest players, um, in the last 20 years to post both a 40 inch vert. And a sub four four forty at the combine. Okay, so extremely explosive with that long speed. So forty inch vert and a sub four four. The heaviest players to do that in the last twenty years. The third heaviest was Brees Hall last year. He did it at two hundred or at uh, two hundred and seventeen pounds. He went forty inches even on the vert with a four three nine. DK Metcalf in twenty nineteen three or four years ago uh, out of Ole Miss. 40 and a half inch vert, 433 in the 40 yard dash. He did that at 228 pounds. Nolan Smith beat DK Metcalf with a by an inch on the vert, 41 and a half inch, and was a 439 in the 40 yard dash at 238 pounds. He is the heaviest player in the last at least 20 years to go 40 plus in the vert and sub 44 in the 40 yard dash. Just a freak show performance from the Georgia pass rusher. Um, we've talked about him a lot. And I've, I've said, uh, you go back to into the summer. He was my, he was my guy coming in. He was my favorite yeah. senior defensive lineman. He was one of my favorite edge rushers in the draft. I said, you know, when we did the sec preview, I'm putting him in like, you know, maybe in the same tier as Will Anderson, but maybe that tier just below. Um, yeah, he's he is so much fun. It's a shame that he had the injury this year and that cost him the second half because he was putting up career numbers, how efficient he was getting after the quarterback. The film was really good this year, in my opinion. Um, but mm-hmm. then you go through with what he did athletically. You already talked about him off the field. Uh, you're checking a lot of boxes with Nolan Smith. No doubt. Um, in my top 100 um, before the combine, he was number 19 overall. Um, a guy that I think is an easy top 20 pick and with numbers like this, it's only going to help. Um, so I mean, that, that, that's just a wow stat when we're talking mm-hmm. about, uh, so really the last 20 years, there's only been two players that were at least 225 pounds and were able to reach those, you know, two plateaus that yep. for vertical and 40 and Nolan Smith was, uh, the best. I mean, that, that's just, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's rare. That that's rare air. And obviously the character stuff is outstanding. Um, you know the the, uh, the size is is average. You know there's yep. no way around that. But um, still, you gotta yeah. Get, you know, give you credit. I know you were a big Nolan Smith fan coming in, into the year. Um, I mean, I've always thought he was a first round pick, but uh, you know this number could help him a little bit. Uh, you know, get get into that top half of round one possibly. All right, next up on your list. Uh, let's stick in the SEC. Um, and uh, not Will Anderson. Will Anderson had a good workout. Uh, I don't think you're. It, your opinion on Will Anderson should not change at yep. all based off what he did today. But I'm going to go to Tennessee and Byron Young, uh, the edge rusher who you know has got a great story. He's an older player, uh, which you know that'll be uh, looked at a little bit differently sure. from team to team. But uh, there's no doubt about how explosive he is. Four four three in the forty, thirty eight inch vert, eleven broad, uh, just. Uh, unreal numbers for a guy that uh, I, I, you see it. I, 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 he flashes that on tape. I don't know that you saw it consistently. Uh, the production was okay. It was, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I expected better production from him this year, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, the numbers are, there's, you can't argue with those. And that's something that'll really help him come draft time. Uh, extremely uh, explosive. The numbers were outstanding and we're going to talk about him in the next segment as well. Uh, how about number five? 
So Yaya Diaby from Louisville, this guy needs a little more attention. Um, he's, uh, so he's coming in, I think 266 pounds. So, you know, more of that defensive end size, um, but a really good looking body type. Um, and he ran a four, five, one in the 40, which is outstanding. He had the second best 10 yard split among the defensive linemen at one, five, six, only behind Nolan Smith, a one, five, six. And that's, that's better than Vaughn Miller. That's better than, you know, a lot of the elite pass rushers in the NFL. And again, he's two, 266 pounds. He's their size. Um, 37-inch vert. So, uh, Yaya Diaby, I don't overlook what he did at the Combine. I think he really helped himself. He's a guy that's still learning, still putting things together. But when you have the tools like that, that's the type of guy you want to bet on, uh, you know, probably somewhere in the middle round, somewhere in that third, fourth round range, um, you know, to, to, to coach up and try to get more out of him because that, that talent, that those traits are, are pretty rare. Get a good uh, positional workout as well. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bring him up in the next segment, but I, I thought overall a nice day for Yaya Diaby. Uh, how about number six? Round us out here. All right, for number six, we're going to cheat a little bit, and we're just going to go. We're going to go over to uh, Iowa, and yep. uh, they had two two players work out uh, really, really well. And um, you know, Lucas Van Ness coming in, I, 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 I knew he was going to test well. I wrote in my preview how don't be surprised four fives. Don't you know, he? He's going to test like a freak. Four five eight is what he came in at. Um, so he 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 did reach that four five range. Uh, 702 in the three cone, a big time number for a guy that's you know, right around 275 pounds, 432 in the short shuttle, 910 broad. So Lucas Van Ness, an outstanding workout. Um, you know, the reason why we've been talking about him as a uh, likely top 20 pick, maybe even a top 10 pick. And then Jack Campbell, maybe we're saving the best for last year. He had the best short sh- or the best three, cone, the best short shuttle as well. With the best three cone. Um, now this is a wow number for a 249 pound linebacker, six seven four. Um, that's that that's pretty rare. Um, four four six five in the forty, good number. Um, you know, not not amazing, but above average. A very good number for him. Ten eight in the broad, uh, thirty seven and a half in the vert. Those were all top three um, among linebackers today. But that six seven four is the number I keep coming back to in the three co- three cone. That is an elite number. Uh, that, that's got to be in the top, you know, ninety fifth percentile among linebackers, among two hundred fifty pounders. You just don't see that very often. Uh, real quick, so I'm going through uh, the the players that were better than that draft in the last decade, and it's a short list, man. Uh, I've got six players and all of them were under 240 uh and i would say significantly smaller um you know than jack campbell dorian o'daniel from clemson uh he was 223 pounds Corey james colorado state nick neiman ben heaney xavier gooden nick vigil all those guys were you know 231 234 229 uh vigil was the heaviest at 239 it was um you look at what he did at that size we've said it all the time talking about jack campbell like he's not going to be a blazer in the 40 and what did he write you said it was 465 right Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which is, that's fine. Like check the box yep. there. That's a, that's not going to, that's not going to be an anchor uh, on his draft stock. That's a, you know, you're, that's fine. You move past it. Um, but to see what he did in all the other tests are really, really impressive. What, what did you think of his positional stuff? Do you think it, uh, you know, matched up to those numbers? I thought it was solid. I thought that everybody in that group, and we'll talk about this in the next segment. I thought that the linebacker group overall was solid. There was not one uh, individual where I was like, oh man, this guy had an outstanding positional workout, but I thought all of them just did a, a, a rock solid job across the board. And I, I would include Campbell uh, in that group. So, and again, like yeah. that's not necessarily like his game. The best parts of his game are the stuff you're not going to see, you know, in that space. So as long as he didn't completely uh, go in the tank for that, for those drills, uh, I thought that was, you're checking the box and moving not no doubt no doubt and uh, you know before we sign off i do want to mention how um a lot of the guys that we thought were going to test like freaks a lot of them didn't didn't work out or didn't do some of the the testing you know uh, tyree wilson we knew about because of the foot but uh you know, zach harrison who might have gotten in the four fours uh yeah. he, he he pulled his hammy last week uh so he uh pulled out um he, he's gonna run at the pro day that ohio state tracks even faster so that zach harrison time is gonna be unreal will mcdonald uh i don't i think he might have done some of the positional stuff but he did not uh did not run uh i think he did the vert too in the in, in the broad but um, didn't do the 40. Keon White, um, 
uh, Miles Murphy. So uh, Drew Sanders didn't run uh, the 40, who, who we think uh, probably tests pretty well. So, uh, you know, a lot of guys that, uh, you know, we thought would be freaks and they, they still are. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to see those guys tonight. Unfortunately not. Uh, but plenty of impressive workouts. You highlighted seven for us here in pick six. Dane, thanks so much for joining us here. We'll talk to you this week uh, on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Let's get into some of these positional workouts. It's time now for Draft Buzz with LLD Giovanni. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, let's keep the discussion rolling here as we talk through uh, our big takeaways from the first night of workouts. Uh, I'm welcoming in Gabriella DiGiovanni. Ella, uh, we've got our, your first night here at the Combine, uh, your first set of workouts uh, in the books. We saw three groups go tonight, as we discussed earlier with Dane. Dane handled just the athletic testing portion, mm. his six most outstanding performers from the night. You and I are going to focus more on the positional work, and I feel like this is uh, an area where we can really provide some context. It's not always covered in these p- Combine recaps, and so we'll kind of go group by group. I thought that, that was a great idea on your part to just kind of uh, approach it one group at a time, and the first group we saw, group one, defensive line, these were the more or the, the defensive tackles, the bigger bodies. What were your big takeaways here from this group? Okay, so I have three outright top performers okay. from what I saw. Number one is a guy that I mentioned yesterday in our podcast, and of course that's Brian Brzee from Clemson. He yep. just had an excellent workout. There was kind of a fire in his eyes. He went out there like, I'm going to prove I'm the player I was always expected to be at Clemson, despite you know the injuries that he was up against at times in his career. He had, His 10-yard split was a 171, which was tied for second best in that group. His unofficial 40 came in at a 493. Yep. He just looked strong. In the, in the four-bag agility drill, uh, he just had a strong rep, a high motor. You're seeing maximum effort from him in every drill, and that's what I mean when I say he kind of had that that fire in his eyes you were seeing him give that maximum effort every time he stepped into the field his um pass rush drill seemed very smooth to me his running club I really, really liked the running club I thought yes, that was my favorite he, rep he attacked yep. his eyes were up he showed a lot of power when I was looking back at my notes there were just the same words I kept using over and over again I used hustle I used aggressive that word effort came up again pure athleticism and he's explosive friend yeah Brian Brezzi I thought had a really good workout he was I believe second on my list yeah he, okay. was, se- he was second on my list my, my number one player and I thought this guy was like a notch above everybody else just because he was just kind of going through my notes and that was Jalen Redmond, the mm-hmm. defensive tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, this is a guy I've watched the last couple of years. I was expecting him to have a good workout, and uh, he came through. He, he had one of the better um, sets of athletic testing, but also when you go through what he did in the wave drill, the very first position drill, you look at those pass rush drills, the body control drill to, to wrap things up, where you just saw very efficient movement, really sudden explosive bursts from him in a short area. Uh, a lot of the stuff you saw from him on tape, I know from a consistency, consistency standpoint, it wasn't always there, but Jalen Redmond really stood out. I have him on my list as well and right next to it at the top I wrote crushed it. I mean that's a perfect way to describe the way he came out tonight. I also wrote down flexible. He showed some flexibility, nice change in direction great use of his hips, quick hands. I really liked his workout tonight. All right, so let's. uh, who's the the next uh, player on your list? Uh, So Jalen Redmond of course was on it and then lastly I have Ajomo from Texas. Yes, I had him as well in my top five. Look at us. Uh, I thought you could really see his length when he ran especially in the 40. Um, his four bag, I thought, really exemplified his athleticism. In the pass rush drill, you saw his power, how fast and strong he is. And the run the hoop drill, I thought, was very well done by him. Good control, very smooth, very fluid. Um, you can learn a lot about a player, I th- I felt like, from, from watching in the run the hoop drill. His run the hoop drill was very, very strong. And uh, one thing that stood out, you know, we were watching the guys kind of warm up when we first walked in. Mm-hmm. The guys were getting ready for the 40-yard dash. And uh, you just kind of looking around, checking out body types as these guys are getting ready. This kid is put together. Mm-hmm. He look. He mm-hmm. really, really looks the part. Um, just a little bit of background on a Jomo defensive tackle from the University of Texas. And if you go through just like his metrics this year, like you know pass rush win rate, what he did on third down, how positively he graded out against the run, all these PFF metrics, he graded out extremely well. Six two and a half, just over two hundred ninety pounds. He's got outstanding length. He's got an eighty three and a half inch wingspan. Uh, was down at the Shrine Bowl this year. The the, the sack production not always that. Only five sacks. 
sacks in his career. Um, but a Nigerian American was born in Nigeria, mm-hmm. moved to California when he was seven years old, then moved to Texas when he was in seventh grade, uh, became a big time football recruit, stayed at Texas, um, started 29 games for the Longhorns. But again, the, the production was not always there, but the tools are out of this world. And I think the tools uh, came to the forefront tonight. Yeah, he, he, he really shined tonight. So those are my three. I like it. Uh, two other names uh, well, before we get to the next group. I thought Jervon Dexter and yes. Keanu Benton were two other guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Dexter from Florida. Uh, he is a guy I think is a, a first-round talent. The consistency has been an issue with the Gators over the course of the last couple of years. And then Keanu Benton from Wisconsin uh, had a strong senior bowl week, has been known more as like a run-stuffing nose tackle, but showed some juice, some pass rush ability. I know that uh, there was a lot written about what he did in one-on-ones down in Mobile. And then athletically, I mean, I'm just going through like all, all of his drills uh, in my notes here. And everything was like B, B plus, B, B plus, A, B plus. It was everything was like, yeah, he just looked very, very efficient, very uh, uh, quick and fluid in all of his movements. I thought he had a really good, uh, really solid positional workout overall. And so Keanu Benton, a, a nice name to kind of round out the defensive tackles. We also can't leave the defensive tackles without talking about Kansi's speed. All he yes. did was the 40. Yep. He didn't work out. But all he needed to do was the 40 for people to uh, – you know, just really, really freak out yes. over over his time. It was the fastest any defensive tackle has run at the combine in 20 years. He clocked a four six seven. It was .01 faster than Aaron Donald, former uh, Pittsburgh Panther, as well. So he showed out in the 40, but we did not get to see him work out. So all right, so that was Group One. Yes. Group One's in the books to get like a little 10 15 minute break, and then yep. Group Two begins. So um, again, I wanted to get your thoughts on just how this group overall. These were mostly edge rushers. There yep. were some some in interior guys mixed in here as well, but mostly guys that work on the edge. Your thoughts here on this group? Yeah, so this group told a different story, I feel as though, than what we saw from the defensive tackles. This was a loaded group. It was exciting. I felt like this group is when I really had my adrenaline pumping, trying to keep up, trying to take notes, trying to follow along, follow the stories, pay attention to what was happening because it felt like there was so much yep. happening so quickly. So I kind of divided the, the performers from this group into two tiers. And they're the standout performers, yes. right? How many, between the two tiers, how many players do you have Let's listed? see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, I, had, I had nine guys, five guys in tier one, four guys in tier two. So we're just about on the same page there, Yes, right? we are. So, um, now, so now what I'm interested in is like, who are the guys that are different between our tier one and our tier two? Okay. It's, so, it's funny that we had the same amount of guys that we yes. felt like, okay, we want to talk about uh, here in the segment. So uh, your tier one Who's at the top of that group? Okay, so my tier one. This is truly in no particular order, okay, if I'm yep. being honest. Nick Hampton from App State. Interesting. Okay. Um, Thomas and Coombe. Yep. Lucas Van Ness. And Coombe and Van Ness were on mine. Uh, Colby Wooden. Wooden was on mine. And Byron Young. And Byron Young was on mine. I had So I have one difference. Okay. I had Jose Ramirez in there. Okay, and Jose Ramirez is in my tier two. All right, so Jose Ramirez at Eastern Michigan. And he went to tier two because I felt as though I was putting too many people in tier one. <laughs> so I'm not even so sure he should be in tier two, but that's just where I put him. All right, so let's go through with some of these guys okay. from tier one. Um, the first guy you mentioned uh, was Nick Hampton. Yes. I actually had him with my tier two group. Okay. So we can get into him. But let me ask you, since this was in no order, let's go through the guys that we both had in tier one. Okay. Let's start with Lucas Van Ness. Potential first-round pick mm-hmm. from Iowa, known for his versatility, his strength, uh, has never started a game. He was an underclassman, a redshirt sophomore with the Hawkeyes. They have a thing at, at Iowa where basically if you're an underclassman and there are upperclassmen ahead of you, the upperclassman's going to start. So uh, while he played the majority of the snaps, Van Ness has actually never started a game for the That's Hawkeyes, crazy. but uh, the traits are certainly there, and he put those on display tonight. They're there. When he took the podium yesterday, I thought, oh, boy, can't wait to see you work out tomorrow because he just looked – like a physical specimen. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. Yep. Absolutely. And honestly, I wrote that in in um, one of my notes here. At the end, I just was watching him. I'm just writing a pure athlete, a yep. pure athlete. But even in the wave drill, he had nice cuts. He was very focused. I really liked his demeanor through all of mm. these drills. His four bag was very strong. I mean, pure punches. He was so smooth, explosive off the ball. Um, he very needs a little so. bend. I think he showed a little bit of stiffness in the run the hoop drill. But yep. I mean, he's were his weakest drills, yes. the stuff where he had to bend. Yes, yes, he's 275 pounds. I mean, he's massive. Uh, I think it's funny. Our good friend Dane Brugler, he had written beforehand. 
yeah. that he predicted <laughs> that Lucas Van Ness would leave the combine as like the combine winner and people yeah. would see him work out and he was going to blow the doors off the place and that's basically what he did. Yeah, it was uh, it was a very good positional workout there from Lucas Van Ness and uh, another guy that kind of fits that bill. There, honestly, let's let's put these two guys together because I think when you talk about um, the flexibility along this defensive line group, guys that can play inside and mm-hmm. outside, some of their best reps, especially against the pass coming inside. Colby Wooden from mm-hmm. Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us had him in our tier one. Thomas Incoom from Central Michigan. So a Mac player here who went to the Senior Bowl. So let's talk through through the both of those guys. What, we'll start with Wooden. What did you like from uh, from Colby Wooden from Auburn? He was ferocious in those pass rush drills. Um, he was excellent in the running club. He's just really impressed. He was at the at the end. They go in alphabetical order in their groups. Yep. And the end circled out with um, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Colby Wooden and Byron Young. That was a really fun stretch. One thing you're going to see is like yes. as, we, as we go through the drills all week is that there are certain groups where you see like three or four guys in a row mm-hmm. where they, those guys just build off each other. That was a really That's good group. That's how fun. And Keon White. Yes, and Keon he, White. He was there. in the mix. It was four of them back to back to back to back. And they were all having great workouts, but I also felt like there was more juice yes. when it got to this last group of four. They were kind of feeding off of each other. They're all performing at such a high level. But Colby Wooden, he really surprised me. I mean, I knew he was a good player going into this, but he really, really showed up in these drills. And, and that's the thing is that, again, we're talking, you and I like are grading this based so, solely off the uh, the positional workout. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at Colby Wooden uh, at you know 280-ish pounds mm-hmm. with what he was able to do getting through the bags, I, I, I was really impressed with his four-bag agility drill, how, he was, how efficient he was moving there, his lateral mobility. The pass rush drill was really good. The running club was really good. And, and in that running club drill, you know, you're looking for guys that ch- don't change speed getting through the bags. And then there's that final turn where they got to go almost yes. 180 degrees. And again, at, at 280 pounds, this guy just moves differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a, a really impressive drill from Colby Wooden. Yeah, it was. He was remarkable. He was in my top tier, right? He was yes. in your top yes, tier. He was, he was. And Thomas and Coombe from Central Michigan, also in that group as well. Uh, he's just my winner from this overall. Group. Wow, I, I, I like don't. It. I think he he impressed in a way that was very underrated. I feel like we got we were halfway through the drills and we kind of looked at each other and said, "He's having a really he's good, having workout. A good workout." He he kind of built up. Each drill got mm. better and better and better. I think he was very consistent and and maybe I'm biased because I think it's cool when you have a guy from Central Michigan who shows up on this stage and he's up against guys who played in the Big Ten and played in the SEC and and he's performing so well. Perhaps his unofficial forty was uh, the first one was a four seven five. The second was a four eight one. That four-bag drill, he was just moving. Yep. The punches he would throw in the pass rush drills, he just was strong. Like I said, the workout got better and better as it went on. The running club, another one I thought was really, really good. And again, with that one, you're looking for guys that are able to go through that without changing speed. Mm-hmm. It's almost the the defensive line version of the gauntlet drill, of being able to throw multiple pass rush moves uh, and then finish strong uh, there on the back end, but without changing speed, without stumbling, without breaking stride. Um, you know, And the four-bag agility drill, very similar, where you're, you want them... Uh, eyes up, not looking down at the ground, stay efficient, don't step on any of the bags. And I thought that Thomas and Coombe just looked really, really strong yeah. in, in those drills. Mm-hmm. And again, it's 6'2", 265 pounds. He's got 33-inch long arms. Like, he's a, a pretty thickly built kid. Yes. Um, and he can give you a little bit inside. Uh, but I think in Coombe, uh, he, he had a, a really strong workout overall. He I helped agree. himself tonight. Yes. That's, that's for sure. I would definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, uh, we have covered, looking back at our Tier 1s, as I flip through my All I had left notes, was Byron Young. And I Byron That's the only one that we have different. Well, yeah, and Byron Young was, I mean, um, outstanding in the athletic testing mm-hmm. portion, but also in the uh, positional workout, I thought he had a really, really good uh, a really good night. In the wave drill, I actually liked the use of his arms. Mm. Uh, he was very smooth, but you could kind of see his whole body work together to move, which was impressive. You mentioned uh, the way he did from a testing standpoint. I mean, his one unofficial 40 was a 448 which was impressive. Yep. Excellent in the running club. Beautiful run the hoop. Uh, a little stiff in the body control drill, but overall, he really impressed. Like we said, those last four guys, they were just kind of putting on the show. Yeah, he was a, um, a, a JUCO guy, junior college uh, recruit at Georgia Military College. Um, this, the background is actually really interesting. Um, he was an assistant general manager at a Dollar General, a dollar store down in the Atlanta area, or in the uh, the, uh, the Georgia Military College area, um, while he was like, kind of waiting to earn a tryout at junior college. Like, it wasn't like, oh, they recruited him, and, you know, hey, your, your academics are weird, you know, let's, sure. let's bring you in. Like, he had to try out to get on his junior college mm-hmm. team, spent three seasons at Georgia Military College, 2018 19 and 20 became a three-star recruit 
Like it's not even like oh, like a big time no. JUCO recruit yeah. goes to Tennessee uh, and then has uh, 12 and a half sacks each of the past two seasons. He Casual. had seven sacks last year. <laughs> first team All SEC. Um, he's going to be older. He's going to be a 25 yep. year old rookie next year, and that's gonna, that's certainly going to be a knock. Uh, he's a little bit undersized, um, but this guy the, the explosiveness showed up not just in the testing but in these uh, position drills as well. Um, I want to give you the floor on Hampton because he was a guy that mm-hmm. I had as a uh, a workout warrior coming in, um, and that did show up. But uh, the position worked out really strong as well. Run the hoop. I wrote That's his drill. Wow. That's his I wrote drill. wow. Because it shows you everything you need to know about the kind of player that he is. He was Appalachian State. I want to make sure I, I, I want to try and make sure that I uh, am better at this. Yes. Uh, at, uh, clarifying where all these guys are from. Nick Hampton, uh, 6'2, 235. He's built like he's built like Hassan Reddick. Uh, that is yes. that kind of the skill yes. set here. Um, from Appalachian State, from a group of five school, uh, was very productive over the course of his career as well. 18 sacks the last two years combined, a bunch of forced fumbles as well. Um, so Nick Hampton, just, take away. Just quick feet. The body control, I think, was was most notable um, because I think he was able to work within his skill set and, yeah. and just within his body because he had so much control. Um, and just his strong hands were I- impressive as well. But I just even remember hearing his name brought up either by you or Dane, I don't remember, in the middle of the college football season on our weekly segment on Mondays. We'll say it was me. Okay, let's say it was you. <laughs> Dane's not here to right, defend exactly, himself. Right, exactly, yeah. And he was brought up early on, and it was a guy you always kind of had to keep your eye on. But he proved tonight why you should know his name moving yeah. forward. Um, and then lastly, I want to make sure we hit on Jose Ramirez from yes, Eastern Michigan. Yes, yes, he yes. was in my top tier. He was in your second tier. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, I mean, athletic testing, very, very strong. Uh, real quickly, from Eastern Michigan. So two directional Michigan schools uh, yes. getting a lot of love here in our first tier with the edge group. But uh, he actually began his career at Arizona way back in 2017, uh, ended up transferring, uh, ended up at Eastern Michigan. And these last couple of years has been really productive third team uh, Mm All-American this year Jose Ramirez and uh, tested very very well he also will be a little bit of an older rookie he'll be a 24 year old uh, next fall but um, this is a kid that tested really well and looked good in the position workout as well. He had the best three cone time the top shuttle time from this group even the NFL tweeted a, a video uh, of him working out and said, keep your eyes out for Jose Ramirez. Well, he's certainly not going to let us forget him after tonight. He impressed in almost every single drill. Great balance, good athleticism. Really excited to see the next few months unfold for him. St- stumbled twice in that first drill. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was, was that, like all A's and B's it. for me. Yeah. He, he had a really, really good workout overall. So uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, that will be the last one from our uh, our first tier. Some other players I just wanted to throw a quick yeah. shout out to. Yaya Diaby, Louisville, yep. uh, defensive end, looked really, really good. Isaiah McGuire, big defensive end from Missouri. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a good workout. Habakkuk Baldonado from Pitt, mm-hmm. also very, very good workout. Also a great background story, Habakkuk Baldonado. Uh, Tavius Robinson, defensive end from Ole Miss, he was in my tier two. I thought he had a really good workout. Uh, am I missing anybody? Who are the other? Differences? I had Robert Beal two? Jr. from, from Georgia. Georgia. I just yep. thought he looked really smooth, very polished, very prepared. Um, I had Baldonado on there too. You mentioned him, right? Yep. Um, then I just have notes like Tyler Lacey. He should have been working out with the defensive he been tackles. With that first group. He should have been. Even they got to get this situated. Yes. There's because they have three groups that go, and there's guys that like probably should be in the other groups, right? Like you had a bunch of guys go with the linebacker group that should have been with the edge group. Guys that were with the edge group that should have been with the yeah. tackles. It was uh, a little bit of a Tyler mess. Tyler Lacey way. looked noticeably different, and yes. I think being with this group, he looked slower. Yep. Because their body types are just completely different. Um, I even noted Will McDonald. I think it was important to note that he. Came down with 104 fever last night, and apparently he was pushing to still do his workouts today. He didn't run the 40, um, so he didn't pop, I think, like some may have expected him to, but he was really battling an illness, and if anything, it shows you know, scouts and GMs and coaches that he's going to show up and play for you no matter what. That report coming, I believe from NFL Network's Pete, Pete Traeger uh, in terms of uh, Will McDonald coming yes. down had having is clearly fighting something and coming down yes. uh, and still going through the workout. Uh, that said, Ella, let's go through our third group here, the linebackers. Um, they were the, fi- the final group. Yes. Your big takeaway just overall uh, from this uh, selection of players. This is a different group than the other two. I feel as though the defensive tackles had top performers. Yep. The edge rushers had like a bunch of guys bunch of really guys, well. a lot that you could dissect there. This group, there wasn't anybody that popped, nobody that blew the doors off. Uh, a bunch of like solid workouts. Very just like. solid, good workouts. No yeah. one hurt themselves yep. by any means. There were definitely two surprises. Henley from Washington State, Charlie Thomas from Georgia Tech. They two, but both guys made my top five, I thought, from, okay. this, from this group. And, and I, I thought they had great performances. I, I think they, they helped themselves. Um, they were guys you kind of kept going back to, like, oh, they're having a good workout. They're yep. having a good workout. And, and they were consistent in that. 
Well, real quickly, let me just uh, sure. let's highlight those two guys. So, uh, Dion Henley, uh, he actually began his career at the University of Nevada mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. He started uh, four games at wideout. His first two seasons there uh, with the uh, with Nevada with the Wolfpack ended up moving to linebacker. Played there the last two seasons and then transferred to Washington State for a sixth year and started all twelve games there for the Cougars. Was uh, a Butkus Award finalist. Was first team All Pac-12. Really took his game to the next level. Went to the Senior Bowl. Stood out there. He's a little little bit like uh, he's got like an angular frame. He's under yes. 6'1", 230 pounds. But he's got long arms and, and uh, he's got a really rangy athlete. There were a number of times where we saw him go through some of these drills and we were like, man, like he's just re- he's really athletic. Mm-hmm. And that showed up a number of times there uh, with Dion Henley. And then uh, Charlie Jones is, is kind of similar. He didn't begin his career uh, or Charlie Thomas rather did not begin his career on offense. But uh, this is a guy who was a safety in 2020 and made the move to linebacker just a couple years traits. later. No question. Yeah. And so uh, this is uh, Charlie Thomas from Georgia Tech. He's just a lot smaller. He's 6'2", but he came in at the, at the Shrine Bowl under 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a guy that's a much leaner frame, um, but he's been productive. And, and he's been a, a stat sheet stuffer over the course of his career, um, has been really productive on the football. So uh, anything else you guys, you saw from there? Obviously, you didn't have like super high expectations on those guys, but they came through and, and shined. Yes, I, th- I think you covered it all in terms of how they showed up. I think to you guys that helped themselves yes. tonight. All right, what's the next group? that? Uh... So the next group, I put two players into were guys that had maybe not the most consistent workout, but they have those linebacker traits that are going to translate to the NFL, starting with Derek Hall from Auburn. Um, I really thought he had moments where he shined. Uh, You know, his four-bag agility wasn't the smoothest I've seen, but then the shuffle sprint uh, drill, he was super, super fast. In the pass rush drill, you saw his strong punch, and that's where you see the traits that I think an NFL defense can do something with. Again, not a consistent workout, not a bad workout. He didn't hurt himself by any means, but he just exemplified this is kind of my skill set, and it's going to be up to these teams to figure out where he fits best. That's the thing. He spent a lot of time at Auburn uh, standing up off the edge, and he he is an edge rusher at the end of the day. Like Mm -hmm. He should have been with that second group, uh, and what they'll typically do, and that's why it's kind of silly is that uh, at the end of the normal workout of the group, they'll say, okay, all the guys here that want to also do linebacker drills, come on over here. We're going to do linebacker drills. And then when the linebacker workout's done, hey, all the guys that want to do D-line drills, come on over. We're going to do the D-line workout. And we saw saw Derek Hall go through D-line drills. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, like he looks good doing this. This is what he should have been doing. It was doing. like Lonnie Phelps. Yeah. Lonnie Phelps from Kansas yes. wasn't impressing me in the linebacker drills. He went and did the pass rushing drills. He looked, he looked like a different prospect right. out there. And I was like, okay, that's what you should be playing in the NFL. Instead of doing obvious. these things where he's dropping 40 yards down the field and yes. trying to make plays on yes. the ball. Like, hey, like let's let's see him go through D-line drills. It would have been a lot better for him. So, yes. okay, that, that makes sense. Will Anderson, mm-hmm. well, let's just throw him in there as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which bucket he fell in for you, but I thought he had a, a pretty good workout. And yes. look, for all intents and purposes, like, Will Anderson didn't need to come out and work out. No. Uh, he went and ran a 4-6 flat on the, in the 40-yard dash, said, I'm not going to run the second 40, uh, but I still went through and did the rest of his positional workout. And I thought he, he looked good, like doing things that he doesn't always do at Alabama, dropping in reverse and doing all that. So he did all the linebacker drills, then came back and did the D-line stuff at the end and looked good at the end. And he shined there. That. Yeah, yes. I put him in the bucket of just good, solid workouts. Yep. He was in there. Owen Popo from Auburn, Drew Sanders from Arkansas, Trent Simpson from Clemson. Those yep. were my four that I just said had good, solid workouts. So two of those names I want to make sure I had on. Yep. So Trenton Simpson from Clemson, uh, super athletic, and we expected that coming in. Mm-hmm. He looked looked very athletic and looked the part from that standpoint. I think going through all the drills, he looked really good. And then uh, Owen Popo from Auburn, he was a guy that was on the freaks list. I want to say he was in the top ten of the freaks list so. last yes. summer. Um, and the, that showed up uh, here. I think he ran, he ran 4-4 uh, in the 40-yard dash. But just even in the positional drills, just you, you saw that ease of movement. Mm-hmm. You saw some of those explosive traits. Uh, showed up but I agree with you when you look at this linebacker group just from this workout I wouldn't say like oh man like they had a few guys that just really popped it was just more like it was a bunch of solid players that that just really uh, you know look good here uh, at at Lucas Oil Stadium on Thursday night they also followed the edge group which that just a had group. a lot of firepower. Yep. And maybe that was part of it too. We were waiting to be blown away again. Uh, but that, did, that didn't need to happen for this group. Sure. And um, um, I think you still got enough out of these guys to see see what they could bring at the next level. All right. So real quickly, can I give you my predictions from what I wrote in my combine preview pieces? Yeah. Tell me how I did. Okay. So just the, just in the drill work, the drills to watch. Okay. Uh, so for the defensive linemen, I was excited to watch the running club. Mm-hmm. My three players I listed were Colby Wooden, mm-hmm. Jalen Redman, 
Mike Morris from it's, Michigan. Oh. Uh, Mike Morris did not have a good day. He, Mike he, Morris he ended up getting hurt out. halfway through the workout. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. he ended up getting hurt halfway through. But two for three, not bad. It's like you've been doing this for a while. A little or bit, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the second one here. So uh, I ended up doing the edge rushers. I'm going to go and pull that real quick. Um, the edge rushers. I ended up. So I think I was uh, once again looking at the run the hoop drill this time mm. uh, for the edge guys. So Isaiah Foskey, who mm. was solid. Had a solid workout. Yeah, uh, I think I expected more yep. just because there has been some buzz around him. Yep. And he is a, a, a good prospect. Solid overall workout. So I, I think I was just expecting more, and it, and it was solid. It was average. B.J. Ojolari from LSU did not work out. <sighs> didn't work out. It's a little bit of a bummer. Andre Carter from Army did not work, work out. out. That was a bummer. So I, 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 excuse me on those two. Isaiah Land from Florida A&M, that was his best drill. He looked great doing yes. that one. He didn't look as great doing other ones, but, that's, but that was his yes. drill. He did a great job yes. on that one. Know your strengths, Frank. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then last one was the linebackers. Um, I'm going to quickly pull that up. And the linebackers, uh, the drill that I was most looking forward to, I am doing a great job of hosting I will say here. while you're looking yeah. real quick, it was disappointing a few players who didn't work out who I was really looking forward yep. to seeing, like Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Yep. Of course, Jalen Carter, as we know, did not participate. Um Especially even Cansey because he did he did run so well. He did well the forty and, and then didn't do anything. You know, any of the, I kind of wanted to see him work out. Yep, any um, work. Then the defensive line, I was really bummed out to not see. Um, I'm sorry, the edge rushers. I was bummed out to not see Zach Harrison. Yep, no Zach Miles Harrison. Murphy from Clemson. No Miles Murphy Tyree from Clemson. Wilson yep. from Texas Tech. Yep. You know they 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 give you the announcements. Yeah, and we knew with like the Tyree Wilson one. We knew he had the injury, sure. uh, so that was that was expected. But Miles Murphy, it was a bummer to not see him work out. Yeah. Um, that would have been nice. to Linebackers, see. Linebackers, there was a slew of guys. A bunch of guys. I, like, I don't even know if I kept track. Yeah, it was it was a. I mean, no, yeah. as we mentioned, no Ojolari. Right. Um, no uh, Ventral Miller. Uh, then we DJ lost Johnson, some guys Andre, as, yeah, as time. Like Guys, well, no, Ivan well. Pace Jr. would have liked to see him work mm-hmm. out. Isaiah Moore from NC State. Yes. Um, so real quickly, the uh, the linebackers that yep. I was most excited to see uh, go through drill work. Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone did not go through Didn't positional go. work. Mm-hmm. Jalen Graham uh, from Purdue. Had a solid okay. workout, but nothing mm-hmm. uh, nothing outstanding. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll go one for two You said there. Jack Campbell, right? Jack Campbell. Yeah, with Jack Campbell, I think what's interesting is when you watch his film, you know how good of a player he is. I don't think a lot of these drills fit who he is as yep. a player. Right. He's a good linebacker, right? But there's something about these drills that don't exemplify who he is, but I don't know if it needs to because of what he's put on film. Here, the, we have done in the past, like when we've done like previews for the combine of guys where it's like, hey, we know he's not going to test well, so don't count it against him when mm-hmm. he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would have put Jack Campbell in that category. As long as he didn't like blow it up. Sure, like, as long sure, as he didn't sure, just sure. completely tank it, mm-hmm. like he was going to be fine. And he didn't tank it. Right. He looked fine uh, in mo- all the movement stuff. He's be- I think he's a better athlete than given credit for. And that kind of showed up in the, you yes. know, some of the, some of the stuff, some of the athletic testing. Um, but even just like going through the positional work, it's not like we watch him. We're like, Oh, like, look yeah. at that play. Look at that rep. That, that, there was nothing like that with he's him. He's not Fred Warner. Yeah. That's not, that's right. not the, the skill set. Um, but also his body type is so he's different huge. Yeah. from the other guys in the group. So yeah. when he would do a drill, it just looked different right. than the way other guys were doing it. Yep, exactly. I mean, he's go- he went right before- the guy that went right after him was Jalen Graham. Jalen Graham <laughs> is like 220 pounds. Yeah. He's got 30 pounds on him. Yes. Um, but and he's just long position. and long right. arms and he just, he looked different. Night one. In Night the books one. for you. We did it. We did it. We did it. Three it was very, down. very, very fun. Yes. It was so fun uh, to be, to be there and to watch. I did have a a moment, I'll be honest, where I'm like, I'm not watching this on TV. I'm not watching this, this on amazing. TV, which is sometimes it's nice to be able to uh, have the 40 times show up right there. I don't know, but I, I loved it. I kind of loved going. the adrenaline yep. and trying to find things and keep up really quickly. But also, it was eye opening in the sense of you realize the gravity of how big of a business mm. the NFL is. Yep. I mean, it was all business. It was cool. You know what? And to one of my favorite parts of being in there live is the. Um, after workout, in between sessions, mm-hmm. you see players come to the, maybe they come to the side and they oh, like get a like, sense of like, uh, hey, like I, I ran 4-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. uh, the, the the happiness, the joy, like mm-hmm. on the, the, the relief uh, mm-hmm. on those guys. You really get a sense of that. Even, uh, you know, set 10 rows up in the stands. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, I wasn't expecting it to be so quiet. Yep. And that's when I realized 
this is the, serious. The, the guys have been getting ready for this for months. Yes, and I didn't expect them to have access to their phones the way they did. Right, yeah. Just, I just, I don't know. I guess yep. I didn't think, like, I guess, it, how do they communicate with their agents? Well, yep. that's how. Yep. You and know? we saw a few guys uh, take, do that first drill. Uh, you know, Nolan Smith you know, Nolan runs Smith, the 41 time. Talk to his agent. Breaks 4-4. He's like, not good. running again. You're, yeah, yep. you're okay. <laughs> you're okay. Um, so, no, this was, uh, it was a good first night. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we've got the, the DBs tomorrow, the mm-hmm. corners and the safeties. Mm-hmm. We'll be back uh, to break those down. We've got one more segment here on tonight's episode of the Journey of the Draft podcast. I caught up with NFL Network's uh, analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland. Let's go now to Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. All right, pleased to welcome here to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand, NFL Network's analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, welcome to the show. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk through some things with you because we're getting ready for the defensive line workout. And um, when you talk with analytics people surrounding around football, they'll say line play is the most fun to look at from an analytics standpoint because Mm -hmm. it's a bunch of one-on-one matchups. So it's like yes or no on a bunch of these battles over and over. Is that like a fair thing to say? Is that something you abide by? Yeah, I mean – I did my entire master's thesis on O-linemen, so I would say okay. I'm, like, uniquely <laughs> positioned to be, like, I think I have to say that, otherwise, like, my whole life is, yeah. into my life decisions are, like, called into question, so, but yes. Okay, <laughs> no. all right, well, with that in mind, is there, is there a specific metric uh, that you're most keyed in on when it comes to on-the-field play? You know, when I'm looking at college play, one of the biggest things that transitions to the NFL fastest mm. is right on the D-line, how fast they react at the time the ball is snapped. Yep. So I call it burst because I haven't thought of anything more creative. If you'd like to give it a new name, please. No, I'm taking I think that submissions. Burst, I think it works. Yeah. Right, but it's but it's it tends to translate really well. If yep. you don't hesitate, if you have that very fast first step, you tend to be a better player sooner. Sure. And that goes for edge rushers, it goes for interior defensive linemen, the whole thing. So if you have that quick twitch, you tend to be quick twitch when you you can't change certain things like you're not going to grow 10 inches but you know it it does translate to the NFL and then so you take that from like the on-field metrics Mm -hmm. and then do you then correlate that to what you see uh here this week kind of I mean look I I I do think one of the things that I like measuring for the D linemen is their like ability to move their hips Mm. and part of that is actually their ability to move their hips now and then you can look next year on the field and then the year after and whatever so that you can see mostly a lot of it's like I can see, like, if they're starting to erode, right? Mm. Like, once they reach their, past their, that's not a very nice thing to say. You know, once (laughs) once they start to slow down a little bit, you you can start to see when that happens. Because what happens is, is right now they've been training with their agencies and in their colleges, and they're in an, they're in college shape right now. But see, then next year and the year after, they're going to get in expert shape. And then that was, that's where you kind of see, like, who, I can tell you who, like, the best trainers are or the, who the, who the sure. biggest gym rats are like that kind of thing more sure is there uh, anybody in this class that kind of stands out from that side of it there's there's actually this is a really interesting d-line class yeah. there's like a, like pretty much anyone top to bottom that you've heard of yep. <laughs> is 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 probably where to start on that one but i will tell you when i'm looking at this d-line class i i don't think you're gonna get any bad ones but you're gonna get fits mm. like Who's a best? There's no like, I guess there's no like Chase Young or like you know the, he was probably the last one that was like oh he's just the best one and sure and yeah. whatever like you're gonna get some interesting fits. I, th- kind of I, I feel. feel like you know Daniel Jeremiah has talked about you know teams have uh, Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson a little bit closer than people might think on the outside. It's not like that one guy mm-hmm. at the top, but there's a lot of talent. That I think Tyree after this week is who people are gonna, he's because yeah. he's such a like a freak yep. athletic we um, people are going to be talking more. He's going to be one of those like combine risers yep. is what I think while I don't necessarily think anything has changed from his film right it's just he's he is I mean he's a specimen his arm like a lot of time his his reach like all of the his arm length his measurables are ridiculous yeah. and I think he's gonna jump out of the gym so he, he'll probably be one that people get a little bit higher on but yep. I still think it's will and that's the thing is like there are guys that are like 235 240 pounds right. that have those crazy measurables but yeah. then uh to to do it at 275 you know Tyree Wilson certainly one of those guys right but the the reality is is his film is still his film yeah you sure. know what I mean like yep. sure to do it at 275 it's fun to watch like, right I, yep. like I'm like are we the same species <laughs> like I could never do that but but it's but it's I still think you know I keep calling them by their colleges, but I'm still like Alabama to me still has the better film, Mm. you know? 
Well, let me ask you about Iowa. Cause, yeah, because you, like uh, you, you you mocked uh, Lucas Van Ness yeah. to yeah. the Eagles at number yep. ten in your mock draft. I love your mock. I want to ask you Thank about your you. process on that. Yeah. But, uh, talk about Lucas Van Ness and what you've done for him for your, with your research. So. The, the interesting thing, okay, so part of the reason why, to me, at this point in the game, we haven't had free agency yet, yep. and some contract restructuring will have to happen because, you know, th- that's just the, the truth. It's sure. going to happen, right? So um, the Eagles are lucky that some of the other positions that this draft isn't so rich in, they don't really need. <laughs> right. Right? So you're yep. not reaching for a quarterback. You're not reaching for maybe even a wide receiver in this class because this is not the, the as, as rich of a wide receiver class as we've seen in the past three or four years. Anyways, so no reach is necessary. And the interesting part about mocking, you know, Iowa to your system it does replace someone, which I'm not. A, I'm not trying to replace sure. anyone. I'm not. I'm not wishing that on anyone. But the best blend in what your team has proven over and over and over again, and now even with a new defensive coordinator, that they can figure out that defensive front. Mm. That is the piece. Like, what happens is, is Iowa's film is, is is I like if it's on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to give it like an eight. Okay. Right. Yep. Um, first round still, but in your system, he becomes a nine, because of the reality is, is how he would be forecasted to be used. Yeah. Would be a nine. Right. So maybe he's eight on another team, but now he's nine on your team. So that's that. that's how I if make it easier. I no, well, that's what I was just kind of reading through your process in your mock yep. draft. I, yep. If you could just like illustrate that a little. How long did it take you to, to come up with that model? Forever. Well, yeah, um, I imagine so. Yeah, so what? look, we're media. We I don't have to deal with salary cap yep. or restructuring contracts, and it hasn't happened yet, so I react to that. So what we do is we, we set a kind of, we're like, let's do this theoretical exercise where we take the no, the free agents that are out there, we take the contracts that look like they could be restructured or, yep. or maybe be up, and we match who gets the most wins, like what blend of things creates the most wins for the 2023 season. Don't look past that, which, again, that's not how people would be doing it. You want to pick for the long term, sure. but, you know, what what's the number one way to get wins this season? And yeah. mixing youth and veteran defensive fronts that's it's good for the eagles <laughs> right and that's what it's it's so interesting because uh i guess like does positional value start coming into play yes. as you're getting uh, yes. down the road like I, i'm trying to remember where Bijan robinson ended up uh the i put him actually at the cowboys sorry okay. yeah <laughs> well that's okay though but I, to me like that's that's really interesting right, right? because you have the the big money contract in zeke Elliott. Yep. you have another impending free agent in pollard like uh i guess how does that kind of get factored in when uh when it's all said and done well Analytics people are often known for saying, like, running backs... Don't matter. Yeah, but that's not true. <laughs> right. Overpaying running backs is a sin. Right. But that that's actually true for any position. Overpaying, you know, you over you don't even overpay your quarterback. That's just the market. But, yep. you know, look, um, Zeke's contract is not great. I also wrote that it probably either needs to be restructured or figured out. Uh, Pollard is coming off of a rookie deal. He'll be a great... He'll, have, he'll make a bunch of money. And at the end of the day... Bijan Robinson is a very versatile. He's he's the best back to me for a lot of reasons. So get rid of your bad contract. Go spend where you need to spend for the Cowboys and substitute out someone who would be like. It's, it's probably better for them to maybe figure out right. Pollard and keep, you know, and and add Bijan Robinson. So, sure. That's so mean to Zeke. I'm not trying to be mean to him. I'm just saying he's, you know, that it's just an overpay. Of course, overspend. So I think it'll be interesting to just kind of close it out on this. Uh, run game, we talk about like running backs don't matter, but like the run game like yes. is, is something where I guess that's where people kind of get lost. Is they like do. Run, especially now, like this year, like the efficiencies Hello. with the run game like yes. took, a, took a huge spike, right? Is that something that you feel like we'll be talking about a little bit more going into 2023? Well, your team actually put on film why running backs, why the run game does matter right. <laughs> a lot. But part, of, but part of it is because now we're seeing more quarterbacks coming out that have a different skill set than right. these traditional pocket passers, which we don't really have anymore. Mm. This is not how college is being played. So what you need is a really efficient run game so that your versatile quarterback can be even more impactful because now you have this threat of, is the running back going to run with it or is my quarterback going to keep it himself? And that's really difficult. Defenses haven't caught up to that yet. So if you're looking for a strategic advantage, having a versatile running back and a quarterback that also is versatile in the run game, that's a really winning formula. So is that where like a guy like uh, the Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson, like you get a little bit more extra value you out of him as yeah. opposed to some other guys. Yeah, I, I, he's an interesting one. Like yeah. I, I'm interested. I'm actually interested to see how he interviews because yeah. I like 
it's it's always interesting to know, and I keep saying the word interesting, but how someone, because the interviews, they go through plays, and they, they talk about what they see and what they're doing and what happened on a play. I don't, his system was, like, the, what they what he was asked to do was, like, kind of weird compared yeah. to some of the other quarterbacks. Yep. And new <laughs> so, to him, too. It was his first year correct. in the system. Yeah. Right. Well, I think they tailored it for him because right. of that. Yep. So he has a lot of upside, but the problem is, is where are we starting? Like, upside's great, but if you're not starting at a space where, like, a team can handle it, like, don't ask him to start day one. That, yep. would, that would be hard, I think, right? right. Yep. <laughs> to lack of a better word. Well, Difficult. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be, it'll interesting. be interesting. I can use that word a little shady, and I can use it not shady. <laughs> exactly. I am actually interested in how he interviews because I want to see how he talks about football. Yeah. I know he loves it. He's a great kid, but I mean, like, can he, does he, what did he, un, I don't think a lot of quarterbacks coming out know what zone defense looks like, which is why you see some of those splits in early years for like a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes who are top-end quarterbacks, yep. right? Those early splits, it was like, you just, two safety shells, that's how you stop Patrick Mahomes. Well, now he's figured it out. Right. But he just didn't see that in college. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been interviews with young quarterbacks where they say like, yeah, like I didn't know the difference between cover three and cover four until that's year right. two, year three in the league. Right. Uh, which is crazy to think. but um, Exactly. But they don't see that in college anymore. That's it. It's just different, so... Well, Cynthia, this has been awesome. Thanks yeah. so much for joining yeah. us. Everyone, make sure you tune in to live coverage of the Scouting Combine NFL Network all the way up through March 5th. Cynthia, thanks for joining yeah, us here on the Journey of the Podcast. thanks so much Podcast. for having me. And, I mean, you guys can't see it at home, but I am actually wearing Eagles-colored nail polish. Who knew? I don't know if you had it from February uh, from a few I, weeks ago I in Arizona. I did have it from a few weeks ago. I, I put it on before coming here, mostly because I was like, it's a little, I wanted it to be like a little more like St. Patrick's Day, but not quite right. there. And it's like the perfect color. Who knew? That's perfect. Well, Cynthia, <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Cynthia. Like I said earlier, I wish that could have been like an hour-long conversation. I think we're going to have to address that uh, later. We'd like to get Cynthia back on the show to really hash out uh, some more of that stuff because uh, a lot to take away from that conversation. So it's such a unique look at the mock draft process because everybody kind of takes their own approach to it, uh, and I really appreciate uh, the different viewpoint that she was able to provide from that standpoint. So uh, great stuff from Ella, from Dane. We'll catch up with both of them again tomorrow. Again, the defensive backs taking the field at Lucas Oil Stadium on Friday. We're going to break it down right here here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.